It's time to take care of yourself and enjoy life again. CBD American Shaman has a full line of hemp-derived products to help you experience the fullness of life. Whether it's a better night's sleep, relief from worries and tension, or just having fun, consultants at CBD American Shaman will guide you on your journey. Visit findcbdnow.com for a location near you. findcbdnow.com. CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. This is an interactive call-in show. Give us a call. We'll... uh answer your particular questions give you the first couple answers and uh or fix it directly right here if we uh run across that particular problem which we've run across a lot um we are buchanan service centers at 50th and dodge 80th and dodge guaranteed breaks 49th avenue and dodge so stop by see us and uh help help you out i'm bob sitting next to me always is kyle good saturday morning to you and let's see what what's what's going on the the auto strike is going i, I kind of read that a little bit i i see I, I see some ads on tv where you need to come in on certain dealerships around town where you can get your car they're having auto strike sales before the prices go up on monday hmm. i don't know if that's true or not hmm. but the longer it drags on the more that it, it will be true i just don't know if that's what it is now the supply is going to start dwindling down for that, which uh, cars that you can buy or get, which... Um, Seems like we just went through this. We did just go through this on the on the, uh, on the the pandemic side of this, and uh, yes, and it'll take a while. If you can't build them, you can't sell them. I don't know how, uh, how big a pockets both sides have, but I guess we'll see, and then at some point that's going to affect, um, you know, fixing your own car at your local parts store because... Uh, well, quite honest with you, a lot of that stuff comes from China. But if you can't get it, can't produce it, a lot of stuff's built here in the United States. And a lot of the tier one suppliers that supply auto manufacturers also supply a lot of aftermarkets as far as belts and pulleys and water pumps and things like that. So, yeah, it, it most certainly will affect it. It just depends on how how far down the line that is and how far it goes. Ah, I don't know what you see. I haven't been following it too much other than if you watch the news any amount of time. You, you're going to know about it. You're going to know about it. Can't get away from it. So there was, we were talking, talking off the air. We noticed there, I heard a couple people say there's a big classic car show, not show, big classic car sale going on. What was it? Iowa Speedway. I think it's mm-hmm. going on now. Yeah. Some guys. It's happening now in pickups tomorrow. Yeah. Some guys uh, finally had enough of his car collection and he was just going to get rid of it all. So hundred classic cars, hundred various classic cars, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit of everything for somebody. 
Yeah. Yeah. You might find something that's uh, what you've been looking for. So uh, if you're in that area, who knows? A hundred's going to take a while. That'll be going on till late this afternoon. As, oh, yeah. They'll, they'll as auctions it, go. They, they'll make it last all day. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing else to do? There's a couple-hour trip. You can still make the last half and uh, spend a little bit of that Christmas money, get get the wife something to drive for Christmas. Hey, you if know. the car doesn't pan out, I'm was watching a short video here there was a funnel cake vendor there oh it's always a plus well yeah not, yeah you gotta have Never lunch disappointed if i get one of those yeah you gotta have lunch right around one o'clock so there you go yeah why not <laughs> never know all right well we're gonna head over into the calls we got a few calls sitting around so uh we're gonna head over to larry larry's got a 19 f-150 larry i'm sorry frank, frank. i don't know how where larry came from sorry frank go ahead <laughs> Hello, guys. Hey, what's up? Uh, nice show. I listen to it every weekend. Well, appreciate hey, that. Hey, listen. Oh, I'm sorry? I appreciate that. Okay. Well, I appreciate you guys very much. Anyway, I have a 2019 F-150, and uh, I had it into a mechanic here the other day, and he said, I've got 76,000 miles on it. And he says, I need to change my air antifreeze and my brake fluid. At 76,000 miles, is that for, for real? Yeah, it is. And, you know, here's the big deal. Like it's a five years, and maybe the antifreeze is kind of maybe a, a little on the early side, but usually it's five years, 50,000 miles. Sometimes it'll go five years, 100,000 miles. It used to be that was what you kind of did before they figured out that the electrolysis and the antifreeze would make it go bad. And then once they finally figured out that problem, your radiator hoses don't go bad near as bad as what it, they used to. And the antifreeze is, is the chemicals are far better than what they used to be. So is that a necessary? Well, you can certainly do that just to kind of maintain things. Is it a have to do? No, maybe not really. The brake fluid is, is something that you should do. Brake fluid, believe it or not, attracts moisture and if not if something's not completely sealed um and you never know what that is it'll make its way in from it could be the cap it could be the cap yep anything yep it could make its way in from all those seals and then the moisture gets in there and that's why we put on calipers and wheel cylinders and all that kind of stuff because the moisture gets in there and it starts to rust from the inside out you can't really see that, but that's the thinking behind it, and it's it's a true thing. It's an actual deal because when when we have a wheel cylinder leaking and we pull it apart, there's a definite rust ridge on the inside that's that's compromised the seal, and that's why it's leaking. So that is definitely a thing, and it is just a little bit more difficult to flush that brake fluid out now than it used to be. Used to be, you just had nothing Open in the way. Open up and set a couple buckets under there. And yeah, and it just flowed out. Keep adding to it. Right, just keep adding to it. It did gravity fleet, all, uh, gravity bleed all the way through. But now you've got to have a scanner on it. You got to open up your ABS module uh, so that it can flow freely through it. So it's much more complicated than it used to be. But it's definitely something to do. And seventy six thousand miles is is not a bad time to do it. Usually, you probably do that stuff right around sixty. Okay, that's that's good to know, because uh, I was kind of leery about that, but uh, I should do it then, right? Well, yeah, I, I would, and there's various other things on a car to 
to maintain just so it lasts another 180,000 miles. You know, uh, the differentials, a lot, of, a lot of those differentials run synthetic fluid, which will run 100,000 miles. Uh, but every car can be a little different um, as to what they do and what they want. There are some cars, let's just say, let's pull out the one that always scares people do a, a transmission service on a Range Rover. Well, oh God. those will run you $700 because uh, the toughness to get to it plus the fluid, which is 40 bucks a quart. So yeah. there's very, and so you usually don't do that until a hundred thousand plus miles on those cars anyway, or they, some of them have lifetime fluid. So there's not one separate, there's not one standard sheet that I could give you that, that covers everything anymore. It used to be that was a case when you were driving a 58 Chevy. Yeah, it's all over the board now. I mean, yeah. every manufacturer is somewhat different. 530, 020, 016 for oils. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just you have to look in your owner's manual, and, and they'll certainly help it out. Yeah, because I keep it garaged, and, and, and so I don't drive in the rain that much with it. But it can still rust out, huh? My brakes get some rust in it. Yeah, the more things that we see is just uh, the external rust, the corrosion that gets on all that stuff just because it's out in the elements. Um, stuck, mm-hmm. Sticky pins and calipers, and uh, that, that that causes more problems than anything else. But now yeah, the, the brake fluid it, it would be a good thing. It really would. Okay. I appreciate this very much. You bet. Appreciate the call. Thank you. You bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break of the Mr. Mechanic Show, and we'll be right back. From the makers of Siri the Mechanic comes the far more realistic virtual assistant, Carl the Mechanic. Hey, Carl, what's the speed limit on this highway? How am I supposed to know, man? Why don't you get out and check for yourself, you Carl, have you been drinking? Well, what are you waiting for? Have the little fart check the tire pressure for you. Carl. Experience what it's like driving around with a real-life mechanic in your car with Carl the Mechanic. That's free child labor. Hey, am I right or am I right? Now available on all flip phones and Nokia devices. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show, answering calls all all hour long, right? I was going to say all day long, but that, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we don't got enough time for all day. We're going to head over to Jim. Jim's got an 04 Honda Odyssey. Jim, what's going on? Hey, guys. Great show you got here. I've got a Honda 04 Odyssey 3.5 liter V6. I'm putting a timing belt in it. And when you take the belt off, the camshafts, are they going to jump? And I want to put seals behind the camshaft sprockets. Mm -hmm. So you take the sprockets off. Do you need to take the valve covers off and hold the camshaft itself? So I never do. Jump. Okay, you just you just take sprockets off and throw the. What I do? I take your old take your old belt, wrap it around that pulley, get a big pair of channel locks. We call them water pump pliers, but it's a big pair of channel locks. Hold that camshaft still, and then you can take your nut loose. Don't just put an impact on it and freewheel that camshaft. That won't work. <laughs> I already got. Way. I already got the nut loose. I'm saying okay. when I take. When I take the belt off and take one of the sprockets off, is that is that uh, shaft going to jump? Yes. And, right. So when you take the sprocket off, you need to hold the shaft at you know oh, uh, so by taking the cover off the valve cover. No, no. It, it, don't it, worry it, about that. That sprocket can only go on there one way. You don't got to worry right, about but stabbing I'm, it. I'm saying the spring pressure uh, on the on the tappets 
is that going to cause the the camshaft to rotate and slam one of those valves into a piston? That's you're not going to cause any issue. No, no, it will okay. move, but it's not going to be as dramatic as you're thinking it is. Yeah, it's as not- long as you're. Top dead center on number one. You're okay. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not going to go kaboing and, and go flying around 360 degrees. It's maybe move a little bit. You'll get about 10, 15 degrees of movement out of it. Yeah, n- not just very much. To shut that. But. Yeah, just enough to kind of finish shutting a valve. But no, you're not going to you're not going to damage anything or, or cause it to hit, especially with that small of movement. And you can always once you put things back together and put that cam on there, you can just move it back right to where it's at. Yeah, no. Okay. I, I get what you're Thank saying. You. It's it's uh, you just don't know if you're going to create a problem. But now it's uh, you're not. You, you can even you can even when you do that, just kind of move it just a little bit too. If you have the pulley on there, you can put the pulley back on and move it just a little bit yourself and with your hands on the pulley so that you can kind of control how it moves a little bit so it doesn't snap back or move back too much. Yeah, well, you say when you release the belt tension, just keep a hold of it so it doesn't. Jump yeah. Too much. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Bet. you. Yeah. You never know, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> never. It's nothing. Ever stays exactly the same because it's it's on a lobe, and yeah. that lobe could be right on the top of the lobe. And I've had some that just stay right where it's at. It's not an issue. And then the other just want to walks down one side of the lobe or the other. When it does, it, it like you said, moves ten or fifteen degrees, but doesn't move. And some engines move a lot more than others. I mean, there was a Ford V six I did not too long ago, and took the chain off and i turned around and i'm standing at my toolbox doing whatever and i heard it <laughs> didn't see it but i heard it and i go back over there i'm like okay yeah <laughs> well I mean, like you say it's you move can, this back yeah move that back you can move it one way or the other maybe a control deal that's what i was trying I to can say see where you know to a novice person or somebody that doesn't do it every day that could get somewhat intimidating yeah Oh, geez. Sounds like this the door. is junk now. Yeah, it sounds like the door just slammed now. That's yeah. not, that, that, not going to be your case. You'll be all right. All right, we're going to go over to John. John's got an 08 Prius. John, what's up today? Yeah, so I called a couple of years ago and told you guys about how I sprayed water through the running engine with a bottle sprayer, and it cleared the cat coat or whatever. It came back, just so you know. And what I ended up doing is putting a... A 90 degree spacer at the downflow sensor and that completely cleared it and never came back so that was that part um but something else i've noticed i bought the car with 315,000 miles and it burned a quarter or used a quarter oil every thousand miles and i don't know if it's from oil changes or what but now it seems to be burning 70,000 miles later uh like a quart every two thousand miles so it's like much better and i was just wondering you know do you not think any of these uh top engine soak things like using cleaning vinegar or berryman's b12 any of that stuff really works or before an oil change i use transmission fluid yeah and the other one that we've used and i've had good luck with is the uh Mystery oil. Yeah, the Marvel Mystery Oil. Which is really? Yeah, I we've had good luck with that one over the years of kind of great for the old V eight engines. Yeah, kind of dislodging for everything. Yeah, kind of dislodging the, the corrosion that's inside the the lifters and, and causing that kind of problem to so it's well, just lifters put that can get so pumped. just put that in the oil or do I do a top soak? Um you put it in the oil. Just let it circulate. 
you know, it's what that takes four quarts. So add maybe uh, three quarts of oil yeah, and I go and three to one. Yeah, three to one, and and kind of and then run it, it for how long? Run it that you know, that you, oil change. Yeah, until the next oil change. Just let it circulate through there. Does a top top engine soak uh, work? Kind of to answer your question. Yeah, it certainly can. It's kind of a it's a wide variety of automotive uh, dealerships will do that when they have a problem where you got so much corrosion and buildup and everything else in there. Yeah, it it certainly can. Um, it's it smokes like crazy when you do it. Just just to be aware, and it might smoke like crazy for a while. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've watched some videos, but I just wanted to see what your thoughts were. So yeah. You, you, there's a lot of mechanics in a can, and not all of them work. But those are, you know, that's probably the biggest one that we that we see that does. Um, just trying to think of anything else. Yeah, so huh. you're using a quart every two thousand miles. It's not too bad. Now I am. Yeah, that's not and you, and that's not. Too, it's not terrible. No. But I thought, well, maybe if I can improve it a little more. Yeah, well, the only reason that you're going to... I can let you talk to some Chevy Equinox owners that go through a court every 500 miles. Yes. Well, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> so you're only going to... You're pulling it up through the rings or you're uh, you having... It's getting a positive crankcase ventilation through the PCB valve. That's the only two choices that, that you really have there. That's what kind of forces that up there. So, yeah, and I did clean that PCB valve okay. before. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's yeah. you know it that can cause it. So your next step is the rings, and uh, so if you got some of that that oil there, like you said, transmission fluid, either one. The, the Marvel is kind of what I've always used because it's had you know kind of oil based. Oh, okay. I'd certainly try that. Yeah, so she's up to almost three hundred eighty thousand miles and still gets forty five miles per gallon. Yeah, huh? they, not complaining. I did good on this one. <laughs> no, no, and, and and I see a lot of Priuses running up and down the road, and they get great mileage, and they just don't have a lot of problems. They just don't, and and the problems that they have are kind of basic problems. The, basic uh, and minor. I mean, Toyota yeah. really nailed it. They did. They did. They did. The, the problems that they have uh, on that car are the same problems you're going to have with any car that runs down the road. You know, wheel bearings, belts, you know, things like that. So yeah, I don't, I don't even count those because that's you know maintenance. Maintenance. It's normal stuff. Yep. It's like brushing Sir. your teeth. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> well, I'll try that Marvel, Marvel Mystery Oil. Should I do that right at a new change and put it in, or, or if I'm getting closer to a needing to change, just yeah. add in? If you're getting close, I mean, just add your quart of oil. Add that. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that, and then run it until my oil change is needed, you know, 500 or 800 miles or whatever. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You bet. Perfect. Appreciate you. You bet. Sounds good, John. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. If you're online, hang on. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we're going to head over to Joel. Joel's been patiently waiting. 06 GMC Sierra. Joel, thanks for waiting. What's going on? Absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with a uh, random vehicle question. So I... Curious if you have any opinions and or recommendations on uh, these gas additive catalytic con- converter cleaners. Do they work at all? Is it all a scam? Cataclean is a name I'm familiar with. Haven't used it yet. Um, what do you think, Kyle? Hmm. I don't think it's going to work very well. I mean, so I guess I, it, 
don't I mean you're pouring it in your gas and it's cleaning your exhaust but, yeah I'm not, I have not I have not bought any or tried any yet I just uh, read up on it a little bit because I'm trying plane, to yeah. I mean it just doesn't seem like it's going to work to me because I mean unless it's making your car unless it's burning way hotter and you're just than the catalytic converter is capable of getting and you're vaporizing everything off of it. I mean, that's the only possible way I can think of that working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's plugged up with some stuff in there and that's that whatever you're doing there is dissolving it and it's making it go back to new, I guess the, the quick answer to that is that we don't really use it, use it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's got a catalytic converter code and it's got a problem with it, it's on, we have found that if you don't replace it with a OEM or the equivalent equivalent catalytic converter, it's not going to solve the problem. The light's going to come back on. So I guess if I had to relate this to anything, it would be almost like having some blocked arteries, getting to drink some special juice in your uh, in your arteries, all of a sudden become unblocked, which would be great. Be great, but yeah. I don't think it works that way. Now there are some additives out there that we do use that we do recommend and have used is like a. BG products works yeah, really 44K good. The 44K works really good. And uh, also a lot of the reason that the premium fuels are out there is because they have different and better additives on, on all the premium fuels that you'll see at a branded gas station that the just the cheapest gas don't have. And those additives help clean the, uh, the combustion chambers. Now, Nowadays, now that you've got direct injection, they don't clean as good as they used to. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's why some of the high-performance cars kind of head that way, other, other than the fact that they need 91-octane, 92-octane. Um, is it going to hurt anything? I don't think it'll hurt anything. Do I think it'll solve your problem? Very skeptical. Yes, very skeptical. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, oh, and by the way, calling from uh, between Fargo and Grand Forks, North Dakota this morning. Nice. So if that's worth anything to you. It is. We, hey, we're, we're just what's talking. happening up there? Yeah. Well, I'm on I-29 heading towards Grand Forks and North. Oh. oh. We I, just, just, I just knew your program was on 11 so yeah. I'm actually from Omaha. Oh, good. We were just talking off, off the break just how far this signal goes. And, uh, yeah, no, we appreciate that always. Absolutely. Okay, so back to the uh, GMC. So I called a couple weeks ago had an alternator that would, uh, I'd start the vehicle, it would be charging right within a few minutes, it would it would go down to about a uh, 12 amp charge, or 12 volt charge, I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, I would, I could turn the vehicle off, turn it back on, and it would come back up to 14, and r- shortly thereafter, turn back down to 12. You recommended checking connections, I did. Uh, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of different connections to really check. I was not able to you know trace a cable all the way from the battery uh you know through the wiring harness you know to the end sure. but anyway so uh i i chose to replace the alternator and it took care of it for two weeks okay. and uh driving up driving up this morning up north and looked down and all of a sudden my alternator is back down to 12 in uh you know, in the last three hours, I've seen it pop back up to 14. It'll stay there for anywhere from five minutes to 15 or 20 minutes and drop back down to 12 again. Okay. I feel like all my connections are good. 
the alternator was your, you know, your basic auto parts store uh, alternator. So, I mean, certainly that could be an issue again. How, how old is the battery in this car? Well, I think it's original, but I don't know. I've had the vehicle for maybe three years, so it's pre predated me. Okay. All right. Well, I, I know that um, a lot of these GM products and Sierra products, and I've had uh, I've had an 08 and a 13, and a lot of times these will have on on the uh, positive side will have a, a wire a sensing voltage basically, and that's the reason I ask you how old the battery was. So on both of my what was it? Oh eight, yeah. My O eight and the, the thirteen. At times, it would drop to twelve volts, and it's because what they're trying not to do anymore is pound fourteen point five volts into the battery all the time. You know, every day that you have that car running. So if that battery is fully charged, it may run back to twelve volts and may not be charging that battery because it doesn't need to. So the so in other words, they're trying to keep the battery up to let's just say ninety five percent. Or ninety ninety percent. So if charging fourteen point five is what it needs because you're running all sorts of stuff at night and blower and everything else, it'll mm-hmm. stay there. But if you're cruising down the road for the last three or four hours and you don't have anything on, you know, no lights, nothing else, and you're just running very light electrical load, it might drop back to twelve uh, twelve volts because the battery doesn't need to be you know pounded so much with the electric all the time. So, yeah, so that makes that makes sense, and you know, so I've had the vehicle whatever three years, haven't noticed this before, but maybe it's been happening. But the the thing that caused me to notice it the first time a couple weeks ago was I was driving in the rain, turned on the wipers, and the wipers were slow, noticeably slow, and 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 I looked down, and that's when it was it was at that time charging at twelve, and mm-hmm. uh, and then. I was yeah, in a I, store for a bit, came back out, turned it on, went right up to 14, and the wipers ran faster, like normal. Yeah, exactly. And there's a, I don't know if you got a piece of paper to write this down. There is a bulletin referring to exactly what you're saying from GM, and that's just kind of their description of operation. Your alternator gauge fluctuates from 12 to 15 and a half volts intermittently with no warning lights or dead battery issues. That's kind of what you got happening, right? Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Well, my battery's never gone down, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I've noticed it in time or, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then it also freewheels that alternator, allowed better gas mileage for it, too. And I think that's the other reason that they did it. Yeah, who knows why they did it? Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's not pulling. All it's doing is just spinning. You've got no electrical amperage or current that's pulling back on that. So I think that's another reason. I, I don't know if that's an official reason, but that's that uh, seems to make a lot of sense because the more things that you have dragging on it, like the air conditioning and power steering, and I mean, a lot it of It surprises me that it doesn't kick it back on when the wipers come on because a wiper motor draws a lot of amps it, it will and and mine never did that either it just was it didn't matter if you turned the lights on or air conditioning it just all of a sudden it would pop back up to where it wanted to be mm-hmm. when i experienced this many years ago it was a disconcerting because i was out on a trip and i thought oh great it's 12 volts 
I got an alternator out. And then exactly as you described, you got out, shut it off, and you turned it back on. Everything was fine. Wasn't an issue. And then I caught it doing it other times as I'm just driving down the road. It's another great reason to buy a, you know, any Chevy 5.3 inch. The alternator is so easy to do. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't worry about it. Yeah. They just put it right <laughs> on top. Isn't that... Big deal. And they used to have a lot of problems, but they don't have near as much problem as they did before. And I have a newer, okay. truck, you know, I have a newer truck now, and it does not do that. But you know, I should go research if that's if that's something that's going to happen with that because mm-hmm. I don't normally. So what, yeah. Say, so this bullet, this bulletin you're referring to, then what what issue are they trying to resolve? Are you saying? Uh, it's not resolving anything. It's just addressing the concern, like what you have. It's more of gotcha. a description of operation for how this system is supposed to work, and basically gotcha. from you know just a brief skimming of it, it's people you know are concerned. Yeah, just like you are with the same issue, and that's just kind of how they say this is supposed to work. So I'll tell you on okay. some on new on some newer cars, um, and this a lot of this goes with European cars that that I see we see this a lot with is that when they have a bad battery, let's just pick an example like we did the other day um it was it was four and a half years old uh, we put one in an audi and once we put the battery in um you've got to go in with your scanner and you've got to relearn and you got to tell this car you just put a new battery in because now it is the battery's four years old uh the alternator in the car knows that this battery is going to need more charging because it's four years old now i'm putting a brand new fresh battery in this car i've got to tell that I do that to the car so that it's not pumping 14 and a half volts in and thinking it's an old battery. Now that it's a brand new battery, that that's the theory behind it is that a brand new battery is not going to need very much maintenance to keep it up to 95%. Okay. So the same theory kind of applies here. You have a voltage yep. sensing wire. If you go look on, I think it's a driver's side, really close to that alternator down below, you'll see what looks like an amp detector around the wire. It's a little ring around your... It's, and it may be up by the battery also. Yeah, it's just a it's a ring that's that's sensing the voltage and saying, hey, well, this thing's charging. I think I'll just relax for a while and and uh, until it needs some more. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. That's what I think you, you got You got a piece on. of paper handy? I do. Um, I'm going to give you a number to write down because I can't really pull it up here on my computer now. This way can, you can read this document. Me. Give me 10 seconds. I'm going to put you on the speaker. Hold on. All sure. right. We'll sing while you wait. <laughs> no. You ready? I think so. 07-06-03-009. That's a TSB from GM. Plug that into Google. And uh, do It'll some reading. It'll pull up that document, and yeah. you can read through it. And make you feel a little better. And what were the first two first? Zero seven. Zero yep. seven dash zero six dash zero three dash zero zero nine. Okay. Kyle keeps all that in his head, just so you're wondering how, how he knows all that stuff. <laughs> yep. He uh, He's smart. He knows. Like a file cabinet up here. <laughs> Read that, Joe. Right. If you have any more problems, get a hold of us. Let us know. Appreciate the call. We'll do it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be back in a minute. The Mr. All right. We're back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We've got probably enough time for one more person to call in, and we'll, we'll help you out with your car. 
You know, and another thing that brings to mind, too, is um, various manufacturers will do a lot of different things that just they don't tell you what they're doing and until they have an issue and then then you figure it out. So, you know, for example, on this same line that we're talking with this, this GMC, uh, a few years ago, Honda Civics will do the same thing. Yeah, Honda's so, been doing it for a long time. Yeah, they have Civic, been. the CRV, didn't the CRV do it as well? Uh, maybe the CRV. I know uh, the Civic, and the, the mm-hmm. reason this sticks in my mind is because I had a had a customer come in and they said, said they went to the parts store uh, because the car wouldn't start, and the parts store checked the battery and they said, "Well, you need a battery, but you also need an alternator." And lucky for him he goes eh, yeah that just doesn't sound right to me and sure. so he stopped in and uh we checked it and sure enough he did need a battery that part was correct but on that particular civic um it was charging 12.5 volts mm-hmm. but you got to turn the headlights on you got to give it some amperage to wake it up and get to, it wanting to put out some yeah put in some work yep to put in some work so uh and as soon as you turned the headlights on boom it came up to you know, 14. I remember the early ones in that fuse block under the hood, there was that module, and mm-hmm. you could unplug it and jumper it to full field that alternator. Mm-hmm. And that's what we used to do back in the day. Yeah. If you don't remember that, back in the, uh, we used to have a little... Regulated alternator. Yeah, you, like on the Chrysler, you used to take your uh, little pocket screwdriver and you'd ground it. Right across yeah, you'd ground it in there and you stick it inside the alternator just a little bit, about a half an inch, and touch that other piece, and that thing, you know, it'd go... Because it starts screaming. Yeah, it's full field in the alternator and say, okay, that thing actually works. So we know that alternator's good. The regulator must be bad. So that's when they actually had regulators on the fender and the alternators just on the body or on on the engine. And then. Boy, we've come a long way. Haven't we, though? That was Chrysler. They had to do that (laughs) something different and uh, and all, all the things that went along with that. But then General Motors broke open the field when they decided to put the regulator on the inside of the alternator. Mm-hmm. And that's what every hot rodder uses to uh, you put it on anything. Yeah, you go, go from your 12-volt, 6-volt system over to your 12-volt system. You just run a wire here, run it to ground, loop it around, call it a day. Now you got to... Yeah, all you need is one wire. Yeah, Nothing and then, to it. Then you blow all your 6-volt light bulbs out Yeah, where your 12-volt were. So anyway, that's... That light bulbs are cheap. Light bulbs are cheap. Yeah, the, the wiring is not when it starts smoking from the alternator all the way inside the car. You, it's it's you, you can't stop it quick enough. You're in panic mode. You ever had that happen? Sure, you have. Yeah, you just grab a <laughs> pair of vice clip, clip off that wire. Yeah, yeah. You there know, you go. If yeah. you just clamp it off, that way the current can't go past the clamp. We did not do that on purpose. The car did it, and by the time you see it happening, you like you said, you got to get a pair of dikes out and start uh, yeah. clipping wires before it goes through the whole wiring. Loop. No, I was more referring to the garden hose effect. Just fold it in half so the current can't go. Oh through yes, it. yeah. I forgot all <laughs> about the folding it in half because the current can't flow if it's folded in half. Yeah. Kyle, I forgot all yeah. about that. Hey, jeez, are you smart? Yeah. But anyway, a lot of cars do that. To, Shade we, tree certified. We, <laughs> we we strayed off from the deal. So there's a lot of cars that do that. Once you turn the Honda on like that, and there's other cars out there, and I can't think of all that do it. And uh, but they're just trying to conserve electricity because every little tenth that you aren't taxing that engine is a tenth of a a mile you can get per gallon out of that car. And if you take oh yeah, if you take ten tenths, you got a whole bunch that you're gaining back. 
It's amazing the stuff that we're cutting off of cars. I mean, remember back, I mean, anybody that's looked under, I mean, Google underneath the hood of a 1970s automobile, I mean, the AC compressor was the size of a tractor engine. Yeah. It was a two-cylinder engine itself. Yeah. And that's where they brought it from, the old York compressors that come over from the from the uh, farm. Gas mileage wasn't even in that meeting no. when they talked about that. <laughs> they didn't invite that guy at all. What's that going to do to gas mileage? <laughs> yeah. And about 1974 is where that uh, particular guy got invited to the meeting when they had the oil embargo. (laughs) Anyway, all right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Give us a call. I'm Bob. Kyle. Go Big Red. See you next week. sound your engine's supposed to make. And with Valvoline, it will. Because in a side-by-side test, it was found to offer 24 times stronger protection than the industry-leading synthetic. Protection that can help prevent performance loss and eventual engine failure. So when you use Valvoline, your engine will always sound like this. When you use the leading synthetic, (laughs) not so much. Maximize engine life with Valvoline, the original motor oil.